Welcome to the Yoga Inspired Life Podcast. I'm your host, Shayla Quinn, and together we'll go on a journey of self-discovery as we explore all of the inner workings of what it means to live an inspired life. Join me for solo episodes and conversations with special guests for real, authentic deep dives into all things yoga, wellness, self-love, mindfulness, and everything in between. If you're ready to get inspired, learn, grow, evolve, to connect, and up-level your life, then you've come to the right place. I am beyond excited that you're here, so let's dive in. Hi, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Yoga Inspired Life podcast. Happy Tuesday. Mm. I wonder how many times I'm going to say that at the beginning of my podcast episodes. I'm not going to lie. I'm cringing a little bit, but seriously, happy Tuesday. Happy whatever day you're listening to this episode. Thank you for joining me. I'm so excited about today's solo episode because I am talking about two topics that I've devoted a lot of time and energy towards, and that is yoga and self-love. But before we get into today's episode, I want to take a collective breath together just to kind of get connected, get present, and just relax so that we can really absorb this conversation. So if you're driving, keep your eyes open. But if you're someplace that you can stand still or sit, go ahead and do that now. Close down the eyes, soften the jaw, soften the forehead, just soften the face. Allow the body to relax. And we'll start by exhaling all the air out first. Good, big breath in through the nose. Big exhale out through the mouth. Good, two more just like that. Big breath in. Big exhale out. Last one, big inhale. Fill all the way up. Biggest exhale out. Nice. Guys, I'm telling you, the power of the breath. It is magical. All right. So today, like I said, I want to talk about yoga and self-love because my yoga practice has really played an incredibly pivotal role in my own self-love journey. The Webster's Dictionary definition of self-love is a regard for one's own well-being and happiness. And, and to me, self-love is valuing your own well-being and happiness. And it means taking care of your own needs and not sacrificing your well-being to please others. It also means knowing your worth and not settling for less than you deserve. Self-love means staying connected to your truth on a moment-to-moment basis and committing to honoring that as honestly as possible in each moment as it arrives. And if I'm going to be honest with you, self-love is not something that has come easily to me at all. It's something that I've really had to work on and it's something that I still have to work on. Self-love is vital. There have been numerous psychology studies that have shown that self-love and self-compassion are key for mental health and well-being. So let's just explore how yoga can help nurture self-love. To start, I'll just say that yoga is an incredibly healing practice and an opportunity for you to connect with your true self. 
there's a quote in the Bhagavad Gita which states, yoga is the journey of the self, through the self, to the self. And it really is a journey of self-discovery, helping you to love and connect with yourself on a deeper level. Okay, every time we step on the mat and incorporate all of the various layers of yoga as a whole, an unpacking of all of our destructive habits and deeply ingrained patterns occurs, so long as we continuously and actively choose to surrender to the process. You know, someone that's never experienced yoga may have a surface level perspective of the physical practice of yoga as just a lot of strange noises and weird nostril breathing and bodies being like bent into pretzel shapes and such. But it's really so much more than that. And I really think that this practice has to be experienced in order to develop a, a deep understanding of it. Your yoga practice is a sacred space. And other than the mat, it's just you and your breath. And that's really powerful. And it's powerful because the longer you practice, the more transformation occurs. And as you start to experience these transformations, you realize just how powerful you are, as you are, on your own. And it's not about the shapes and poses. It's about your experience. It's about the expansion of your awareness. It's about deepening the connection with yourself and cultivating a deep sense of gratitude and appreciation for all that you are. And I think it's interesting when some of us experience this lack of self-love because we're not born not loving ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Things happen in our lives that distract us from our truth and take us further away from love. But with time, this practice really holds space for us to peel back all of the layers of conditioning, distractions, pain, self-loathing, so that we can set foot on a path to healing and transformation from the inside out. Each of us will experience a lack of self-love for different reasons, but for me, it was really a result of being heavily bullied in school as a child. I think from like fifth grade, really all through high school, I was really bullied. And it didn't matter what I was being bullied about because these kids that were bullying me were really just picking on anything and everything from what I was wearing, to the kind of car my mom was driving, to my weight or my flat chest or the way I laughed. That was one layer, you know, as well as having a really turbulent relationship with my absent and emotionally unavailable father. And I think those two things, those two layers in my really early formative years led me to enter into an extremely abusive and toxic relationship. And, and all of those experiences caused me to form a set of limiting beliefs and negative thought patterns about myself and a slew of toxic friendships, all of which collectively fed my self-loathing and brought me further away from love and kept me in a state of fear. And these experiences became my truth and my identity. And the combination of all of it, as well as my unwillingness to face it and work through it, really kept me from loving myself. And... You know, I know sometimes it can feel easier to run away than to face something head on. We sometimes can trick ourselves into believing that avoiding, repressing, distracting will feel better than facing the thing itself. But what you resist persists. And the magic lies in choosing to grow through what you go through 
and what you refuse to feel, you can't heal. So it's really important to face these heavy emotions head on so that we can evolve past them. It's incredibly easy to distract yourself in day-to-day life in an effort to avoid dealing with these emotions, but on your mat, there are fewer distractions. Now, that's not to say that our ego can't seek out distractions because I can tell you firsthand, it most definitely can. I can remember many practices being obsessed about my pedicure or the yoga pants on the girl in front of me or the fly on the wall in the other corner or the clock or the color of my yoga mat or whatever it might be. But with practice and patience, the urge to indulge in those distractions lessens. And the desire to heal, connect, and evolve will grow. And I really think that yoga showed me that emotion is just energy in motion. And more often than not, once you spend time moving your body and focusing on your breath, the things that were once troubling you and and consuming your thoughts don't seem so challenging, right? It doesn't mean the things that you're experiencing aren't valid, but it just means that they're things that you can overcome. And transform. So yoga really is an opportunity for you to practice self-love on a moment-to-moment basis. There are so many layers to yoga as a whole, and the physical practice of yoga is just one out of eight. But since the physical practice of yoga is oftentimes the initial way people are introduced to yoga as a whole, we're just going to start there today. Our bodies were made to move. Okay? Movement equals life. Stagnation equals death. I know that sounds a little extreme, but it's true. Movement is the symbol of life. Heart beating, breath moving, you get the point, okay? So moving your body is the simplest way to elicit fresh energy and life within you. If self-love is centered around prioritizing and promoting your well-being, then moving your body and your breath are key. But it's really, you know, it's not enough to just hop on your mat and move without intention. The act of self-love comes in when you tune into how you're feeling and get honest about what you need on a moment-to-moment basis. And then the most important part of that is to then commit to giving yourself that. All right, let's actually, let's, let's just unpack that a little bit. Every time you honor what you're feeling and prioritize your peace, you are strengthening your self-love and self-respect. Two things which will benefit you in every single area of your life. The challenge in This practice and yoga comes in truly listening to what your body needs in each moment, because it's changing on a moment-to-moment basis, and choosing to honor that no matter what anybody else is doing and regardless of their possible judgments of your choices. So what I mean by that is if everyone is in a headstand and your body is asking for a break, self-love is you taking a child's pose. Self-love is you knowing that you actually need a break right now. You need a moment. You need to take a pause, right? Not worrying about that everybody else is in an inversion because that's not what you need. The opposite of self-love would be forcing your body to get into an inversion when what you really need is a child's pose. So when you honor what you need, you choose love over ego. You choose love over fear. In a world that is obsessed with the external, people are suffering all over the world from feelings of not being good enough. We're always striving for more, striving to be more, to have more, to do more. The practice of yoga changes you by helping you to recognize your true self and the reality that you already have everything that you need inside of you. When you begin to love and honor who you are, 
life begins to flow. And when life begins to flow, you can more easily let go of identifying with the struggle. It's the struggle that brings you suffering. It's in wishing for things to be other than what they are that brings you suffering. It's, it's in living in the past that brings you suffering. It is in denying your true self and what you need that brings you deep suffering. When you silence your phone and you disconnect and you step on your mat, you are able to suspend the responsibilities of everyday life when you practice and just be. You know, we are so many different things to so many different people, and that can feel really overwhelming. But on your mat, you're not asked to be anything for anyone. You are able to fully focus on you and your relationship with yourself, and that is so, so healing. No matter what you are experiencing in your life, your practice will always be there to see you through it. It will be with you through the good times, the more challenging, the happy, the sad. And the more you commit to your practice, the more time you ultimately invest in yourself. And the more time you invest in yourself, the more you will see how it shifts your life. The more you practice honoring what you need on the mat, the easier it gets for you to do that very same thing off the mat right? I didn't even realize that was happening in the beginning of my practice. I found yoga first through a friend who suggested I go because I was dealing with some deep emotional trauma from ending the relationship with my dad. And I started to feel better. And I actually have a whole blog post series up on my blog about my journey with yoga, which I will link in the show notes. But I sort of strayed from my practice. And then I came back to it in the midst of this toxic and abusive relationship. And I didn't know why I returned to my practice. I just wanted to feel better. And I was like, oh, yoga makes me feel better. I'm going to just go back to yoga. I don't really know how it makes me feel better, but it does. So I'm just going to go. And what I didn't realize was off the mat, I had no self-love practice, right? I was allowing someone to use and abuse me. I was allowing someone to cheat on me and lie to me and hurt me. And I allowed it. And I didn't think I was worthy of anything better or more. And so I really learned how to not listen to what I needed and not honor what I needed. And that became my default mode of behaving and living life. But when I came back to my practice and I started to really integrate my practice into my life, things started to shift for me. You know, maybe the first class back after a really long break, I would be distracted and I would keep pushing and my ego was really driving the car. But maybe, you know, I don't even know how long back into my practice, but it was a it was a slow build for me. But at some point, I would start to not worry about what pose anybody else was in and tune into what I needed. If I needed a child's pose, I would take a child's pose, you know, and, and each time that I would choose to do that, I was strengthening my self-love. I was listening to what I needed. Those small choices in my practice started to translate off the mat in that abusive relationship uh, as an example not every time would I act on it but there were definitely moments where I would like this doesn't feel right this doesn't feel good this isn't serving me and I would make the choice to take a step back or take a figurative child's pose the more and more I I made those choices to honor what I was needing in that moment, the easier it got for me to do it off the mat. The other thing about yoga that I think really helps strengthen self-love is that there's no room for comparison or judgment as there is so much that cannot be seen 
and can only be felt and experienced. It is unique to the practitioner. I think when we first enter into our practice, we want to emulate that yogi or we want to do that pose. But the reality is that nobody's yoga is going to look the same as the next person's yoga because everybody's body is different. Your bone structure is different. There's so many variables. There's no room for comparison. The way I experience yoga is going to be different from the next person's experience of yoga because of my upbringing, because of my past experiences, because of my DNA and the way I process information and emotions and all of that stuff. So I love, love, love that there's really no room for comparison or judgment in this practice because once you understand that we are all so perfectly imperfect and unique, then you know that however you're experiencing your practice is perfect. The only person that you need to check in with is you on a moment-to-moment basis, right? And, and there's no expectations there. There, there shouldn't be expectations there. You, you always want to assess how you're feeling in that moment. And that in itself is an act of self-love. Not holding yourself to expectations of how your last practice went. Okay, I did a backbend in my class on Monday, so now today I should be able to do this backbend. Oh, why can't I get wheel pose? What's happening? No, 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 no. What do you need today? What do you need right now? Is a backbend going to make you feel good? No? Then don't do it. Taking out that comparison and judgment, you know, it's, it's... It's powerful, man. I mean, this practice really does hold space for you to nurture the relationship that you have with yourself. And the relationship that you have with yourself is the most important relationship that you're ever going to have in this life. You can fight me on it. I don't care. That is what I believe to be true. The relationship that you have with yourself is the most important of all relationships. It is the foundation on which you grow everything else. And it is not selfish to put yourself first. When you love yourself and take care of yourself, you ultimately have more to give to others. Anyone that thinks that you prioritizing your happiness and peace is selfish, well, they're most likely people that are expecting everything from you. You cannot expect to do everything and be everything for everyone. Taking time for self-care, saying no to things and people that don't bring you joy and choosing to face challenges head on, even when they are tough, is the most selfless act that you can do. Self-love isn't selfish. Prioritizing your peace and happiness isn't selfish. This is your life. And, And the people that really love you will support you when you prioritize your needs. Self-love, just like yoga, is a practice, which is why yoga is such a wonderful thing to do as a form of a self-love practice. Self-love needs to be a priority every single day, or you most likely will slip back into your old ways. Trust me, if I'm not prioritizing self-love, if it's not at the forefront of my mind, if I don't write it down at the beginning of my day in my morning routine, I really do slip back into my old habits. Self-love is like a muscle that you need to strengthen, right? You got to get into the gym, get strong, keep your muscles strong. It's not a one and done thing. You keep going back to get stronger. Self-love is the same thing. It requires attention to stay healthy and to stay fit and to stay working optimally. (sighs) Man, there's just so much to say. (laughs) But, you know, self-love isn't about being perfect. It's about finding acceptance and contentment, also known as santosha in yoga, for where you are in life and where you are in your yoga practice. 
It's about finding gratitude, acceptance, and contentment. Where there is acceptance and compassion, there is love. And within that acceptance, you will see growth and change. And it will be born from love rather than lack or fear. Your greatest job in life is to realize how very special you are. You are. I know you are. I just got to get you to know that you are. Life is so, so, so much richer when you live from love. And it all starts by loving yourself. If you want me to do more episodes on self-love, let me know. DM me on Instagram. I would love to talk more about this. I know today was more so focused on yoga and self-love, but... Like I said, I've devoted a lot of time and energy towards self-love. And my self-love journey is an ongoing journey. Just know that it's a process. It's a process. And there are some days when I'm full of self-love and it feels easy and it's fluid. And then there are other days when I'm really having a hard time tapping into that. But I will say that getting on my mat really helps me to reconnect back with that self-love. And I think it's for a multitude of reasons, but you know, the most important way is, is the way that I really expanded on today, which is honoring what you need and moving your body and moving stagnant energy around and also devoting that time for yourself and investing in yourself and all of these different layers of taking the time for your personal practice really does amplify that self-love and helps you continue to expand on that. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Yoga Inspired Life podcast. I hope you got something valuable from it and feel empowered to take inspired action. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending time with me today. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I loved creating it, then please subscribe and leave a review. And if you know of anyone that would benefit from the podcast, I would love it if you would share it with them. I always say that we rise by lifting others, and this is a totally independent podcast, so every little bit of support truly means so much to me. If you're looking for more, let's connect on Instagram. You can find me at Shayla Quinn. I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you again for listening, and I'll catch you next week.